This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Morse. Now, we tend to go about our daily lives blindly accepting the fact that the food we come by is of decent quality or at the very least safe to serve to our customers. However, as my guest today is about to tell us, even the healthiest looking food may be deceiving. Now, how can we recognize it and how can we fix it? That's what John Shanahan, president and CEO of Ionogen, is going to talk with us about today. John, how are you? I'm, I'm simply excellent. And yourself? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for coming on today. No, Brandon, it's my pleasure. Thanks for, uh, for having me on board. It is my pleasure. We've got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just start us off uh, by asking a little bit about yourself and your ex- expertise what is Ionogen and what kind of technology have you brought to the forefront of the sanitation industry? I've been in the uh, environmental safety and, and health environment since 1982. So I've been doing this a long time. And I've had the great opportunity over those years to work in a, in a broad range of areas from uh, facility health and maintenance to work with some of the leading food safety experts in the United States. And it's drawn me to a wide range of different areas where Often the people that that I deal with say, well, you know, I, I work out at a gym so because I'm trying to get healthy. And we say, well, did you know that the chemicals used in gyms could be unhealthy? Or I eat, uh, I eat a lot of chicken because I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to be healthy. And so I, I've come to discover that not everybody really understands um, how at risk they are in a lot of the most common ordinary areas in their lives. And, and after 37 years in the industry, um, a lot of the areas that we take for granted as being, I'm sure that must be safe, people are shocked to find out that they're not as safe as they thought they were. Yeah. And, and uh, I can tell you one thing after listening to you, even just for a minute, it's uh, yeah, the, the things that you would be surprised about. And we're going to get into this here because I, I'm, I was shocked myself. And I think that a lot of the people who serve these foods and this kind of thing are going to be shocked as well. Now, there was a recent outbreak of E. coli that infected shipments of, of romaine lettuce, 42 cases in Canada alone, in fact. And that's just Canada. Uh, it caused a bit of a scare. Is this happening more often than we think it is? Well, it's, it's far broader than most people know. So we, that's just recently with romaine. Last year, the, the romaine growers threw away well over $2 million worth of romaine. So wow. this is a reoccurring issue. Um, it, 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 I just recently attend, attended a conference out in California of what was called the Western Growers. And it was interesting to listen to farmers who have been at making every, growing everything from stone fruit. These are things like peaches that have pits and things to, to um, uh, spinach growers who were advising other farmers that they said, look, don't deny that you could have a problem, that you could have a problem, because deny is no longer a word in a farmer's vocabulary. And one of the, the, the more candid farmers said, I denied it for 20 years, and he said, I can now track 17 outbreaks that came out of my farms. Wow, 17. 
So the farming industry is just trying now, now in 2019, to really get their hearts and emotions around accepting the fact that it's not so much that they're part of the problem, but that they need tools and resources that, frankly, they really haven't had. And, and I'm going to assume that a lot of businesses that you know were in the food service industry didn't really know about these denials that were happening at the time? Well, listen, since 1985, which is a million years ago, <laughs> we have had outbreak after outbreak. I mean, Listeria that killed uh, a bunch of people in, in Mexican soft style cheeses. Everybody remembers 93, Jack in the Box kills um, four children with E. coli. Uh, certainly the Chipotle outbreak was a, was a huge problem. One of the leading big box retailers had cantaloupes two years ago that killed about eight people. So this, this issue of produce safety and even meat and, and cheese safety is a huge problem. Two years ago, Bluebell Ice Cream had to close a couple of plants because they had listeria in the ice cream. So we have far more serious things to worry about in the food chain than somebody opening a carton of ice cream and licking it in the grocery store. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, those are the ones that we do know about. Are there other foods or ingestible items uh, that, you know, restaurateurs and even customers work with every day that have this kind of filth on them? Like, like lettuce takes us by complete surprise because, you know, you were telling me that it's, it's one of the most, you know, outside of chicken, one of the dirtiest foods that we actually eat and nobody understands that. Is there anything else like that out there that we should pay attention to? Yeah, any kind of a dairy product, like a, like a, like a milk or a cheese, those products are, are colon or they're mold forming. So, you know, when, when milk has a date code on it, it's not a suggestion, it's an absolute rule. Uh, if it goes a day beyond, you can be drinking contaminated product, but if it isn't properly pasteurized and if it isn't properly packaged, or if ice cream isn't properly packaged, we can see these things that, that and, and right now the systems in the United States are improved, they're getting better, but a lot of times we don't find out that we have dangerous products, including things like pecans and nuts and almonds, until after we see an outbreak happening. So it's a response-based system. And we're just now starting to get to the technologies where we can start to understand, for example, using lettuce. We now know through some testing that was done that lettuce um, and, and leafy greens creates little pockets where E. coli likes to go live. Matter of fact, it, it, it's a breeding ground for it. And so that's never been fully understood until recently one of the leading food microbiologists in Georgia decided to embark on that study. And then he took it one step further and said, how can we study to get this out of these little pockets? And, and so that's why we now know something new about lettuce that we didn't know recently until very recently. So it's, it's lettuce, milk products, cheeses, and things like that, that we really need to keep our eye on. You're a part of this community because you think the current sanitation technology out there isn't cutting it. Where is it falling short and why? It's falling short in a, in a handful of different places. We saw just recently that the farmers are seeking new answers. And the answers the farmers have gotten for the last 20 or 30 years are, first, denial. I'm a farmer. If it's bad and it left my farm, it can't be my fault. That's, that was a big problem for a long time. I don't want to accept any responsibility, so I'll just turn a blind eye to it. Secondarily, the farmers would often say, well, it's the packer. So I, I picked the product. I gave it to the packing house. The packing house contaminated it somehow. And there was denial at the packing house. And then the packing house would simply say the retailer, either the grocery store or the food service application did it. 
The problem is if you're a quick serve restaurant, a fast food restaurant, or you're a, a grocery store, you really don't have any technology, any treatment, any science once the product comes in the back door of the building because a, a restaurant is bringing it in and these are FDA regulated products, but the FDA can't check every head of lettuce. They can't check every, every lemon that comes through. And so what happens is they set up the guidelines, but the guidelines were so weak and they were never backed up against enough inspectors and they were never backed up against any modern or new technology. But the food chain, because of what we saw in the Dole spinach in 2006, and because we saw of how sick people got at Chipotle and how, how we've seen other outbreaks affect, the food chain is now, just now starting to really come together. And what's changing in that is that the farmers are now crying out for technology. They're saying, bring us something uh, that'll help us to have sanitation in the field. So now there are metering devices, little simple devices fit in the palm of your hand, not any bigger than your smartphone, that allow them to test machinery to see if machinery has bacteria on it. It allows them, they, they now know to pull random samples and farmers are now getting into the science of healthy food. So they're checking the food before it leaves the farms. In many cases, what happens with produce grown is the produce might have water that's come to irrigate the field. It could be right next to a farm field where there are livestock. And so E. coli from fecal runoff is getting, the plants are sucking it up. In the past, farmers haven't really had the tools to do this. That was done at micro labs and things like this, but now the farmers are getting these tools. The, the processors or the packers are now putting microbiology in place to start to check but there are still the variables, things slip through. So when we go to the grocery store to buy some produce, um, we need to take some responsibility for a good rinse of that produce. We need to make sure that if the chicken smells a little off when you've brought it home from the grocery store or it's slimy, you probably shouldn't be eating it. You, you should probably either take it back or discard it. And it's those steps and measures that preventatively can keep us from getting sick. And that's new. Between the uh, the journey of the food from the farmer to the distributor to the store, you know, or the restaurant or something like that where they pick it up, where is it most likely to become uh, toxic to us? At the packers, usually at the packers. Now it can happen in the fields. Like I said, we get some bio biohazard and E. coli that can come, but very often it's at the processing house. If the processing house isn't clean, um, or if they're not mm -hmm. handling the, the product properly, uh, meaning gloves and things like this, if yeah. the machinery in there isn't being sanitized properly, then they can, you can transfer E. coli because as the lettuce rides along the conveyor belt and shaking off, of course, you've got dirt and things. So a contaminated head of lettuce could contaminate a non-contaminated head. And so it's kind of that type of uh, a challenge and that, that, that loop, if you will, that's got to get tightened up. That's very interesting to hear. Is it just that do many of these distributing packaging plants and stuff like that, do they not have the regulations necessary for, you know, like, like for instance, that were placed on farmers when it comes to cleaning? Do they, not, do they not have what is necessary for them to make sure that they don't damage the food or make it toxic to us in any way yet? Well, there are processes put in place by the FDA, but the FDA has very, very few inspectors. And so right. they, it's, it's a challenge if you consider the millions of tons. There's 88, just use chicken, for example. There's 88 million chickens every month that are that are processed in this country. Wow, it's a lot. 
That's yeah, a lot of that's chicken. That's a lot of chickens. Yeah. And then there's, you know, peaches and lettuce and all of the other things that we eat. And so we're processing millions and millions and millions of tons. Right. So if the processor may be good, they may not be good. Who knows? But when we're eating in our home, we should always take the, the product. When we get it home, lettuce, for example, peel off the outer leaves, throw them away, rinse a head of lettuce very, very thoroughly in cold water. If you have access to a light chlorine solution, you would rinse it in a light chlorine solution because a light chlorine solution would kill off any E. coli that was on the product. Now, I'm not talking about bleach, but you can. there's ways to access chlorinated solutions that are stabilized for produce rinse. Commercial restaurants are now taking this step, but that's new in the last four or five years. They used to just rinse in water, but now they're taking steps to use safe uh, chemistry. Unfortunately, it's still chemistry, but they're at least doing these rinses because no one wants to be the next uh, Jack in the Box or the next Chick-fil-A. So they're, they're, these are new steps that are, but they're not implemented everywhere. Not every single restaurant does it. I was just about to ask you actually, if there was a, uh, the health professionals, building managers, restaurateurs, et cetera, that are aware of this issue and are looking for solutions. You know, is this is this now catching on uh, widely, or is it still a generally misunderstood issue? Well, when when, com- when excellent companies and they are an excellent company like Chipotle gets the beating that they took over their issue, of course, it makes everybody who's of significance and size pucker up and get very excited. But you could go over to Bob and Molly's Diner down the street from your house, and it could be your favorite place to go have eggs Benedict. But Bob and Molly may not have the same attention to detail, may not even know. No one may have ever told them that they need to have these higher standards. And, and uh, sometimes that's where we're most at risk because big chains have lots of scientists and people they study and lawyers and stuff to keep them safe. But very often we don't even hear about the millions of outbreaks that take place from the local place down the street or or, in, or just stuff that's consumed in your home until it really starts to ravage whole areas of the country. So that's why I say people need to look at the responsibility, even in your own home, how safe is your food? Because here's the other thing, we think of lettuce or tomatoes or something being grown two blocks away, but better than 40% of the, of the produce that you eat in this country comes from overseas. Oh, wow. So you could be eating Chinese lettuce, you could be eating Indian peaches and Remember, not every country in the world has got the same standards for this or even understands the topic the way we do it. So that, that's why when people, you hear that, you know, eat lo- buy locally, eat locally. Uh, I happen to live in Knoxville, Tennessee. We have an exceptional farmer's market uh, 10 months out of the year. And my wife and I will do everything we can to get it from those local farmers. Very small output very safe because they're, they're dealing in low volumes right. and they have great control over the washing of what they do. Now we also take a sanitizing step in every bit of produce that we eat because I'm just freaked out by the whole thing. And my knowledge just makes me aware. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you actually. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't feel like a lot of, I don't think this is a widely known as it is. And, and I feel like that if more people understood this, we'd be much better off as a nation, just health wise. What kind of marketing strategies have you adopted in order to reach more people, letting them know that this is a serious problem, that there is a serious solution? So two things. One of the things is to, to help kind of get the messaging out. We've partnered with the, the leading food safety expert in the United States, and, and, and his name is Dr. Hal King. He is a, a microbiologist uh, unparalleled in our industry. He is just an absolute expert. And Dr. King is leading the charge 
to create informational apps. He's more than just a scientist. He's actually a very consumer-oriented person, and he's working to create communication. So a microbiologist and a tech, a it, tech guy. Yeah, and he's working yeah. to, to, to create apps so that if there is an, a, a lettuce outbreak in the zip codes here in, in Tennessee, that I could get an alert on my phone, a food safety app, and it would say, uh, there's a concern with uh, romaine lettuce in, in your environment. Uh, take extra steps to wash all lettuce. So go, looking at romaine, had, had we had better technologies in our homes and, and in our restaurants to actually kill E. coli on that product, do you know that we wouldn't have had to throw all that away? Because it's a killable step. This is something right. that can be done right in your house or right in a restaurant. But what happens is we hear about it and then it's too late and then we have to throw away millions of pounds of valuable food. And so we're partnering with him and we're working as a research company to develop technologies that will allow the consumer to have compact devices that they can have in their house to organically, not synthetically, but organically be able to alleviate things like E. coli and, and other health food issues, listeria, salmonella, and things like that in your home. That's okay. And, and that would be great for, uh, you know, restaurants and companies also to have, uh, especially on a mass scale when they're producing food or serving food at that, you know, at that quickly, it'd be good for them to be able to, to detect it that quickly. Is the technology going to be up to, to par for that kind of thing to uh, have them get the food, inspect the food, get the food out that quickly? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's actually an old technology and, and, and our company through our research is doing some really interesting things to make this um, viable for a giant quick serve or fast food restaurant all the way down to Bob and Molly's diner and make it affordable so it's scalable. Because one of the challenges is you come up with new inventions or ideas and somebody says, well, that's great for, you know, say McDonald's, but I can't afford it over here in my local restaurant. No, our intent is to make sure that as we design these technologies, they're scalable from the consumer to the mass restaurant. Right. See, that's, that's going to be like game changing, I feel like in the future. Because I, I do think that, you know, we, one of the things we often do is kind of question how safe the food we're actually eating is, how many people have handled it in between, and to have that kind of buffer between, you know, our food and our fear would be, it would be game changing. I feel like it would really make people aware of just what it is exactly they're eating between the apps and this technology. Information, right? The more information yeah. we know, that's the key thing, right? These smartphones have brought us a lot of good stuff. They brought us some crazy stuff, but if 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 you could be aware that, you know, hey, uh, uh, there's a concern with fresh strawberries. Now, instead of going home and taking this quart of strawberries you just bought and throwing them away, if you had a way to rinse them and sanitize them, and the, the thing you hear from people with strawberries all the time, they put them in their fridge, and they say, oh, I'm hungry for strawberries, open the fridge, oh, they're all moldy, I gotta throw them away. If you could sanitize them, put them in your fridge and they were still fresh 30 days later, now we don't waste food, now we got safe food, and now when you get a craving for strawberries at 10 o'clock at night, they're sitting there waiting for you. In the Sounds like immortal strawberries to me. <laughs> I love the idea. <laughs> well, as my, as my mother used to say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if we could prevent her from getting moldy, then we can prevent ourselves from having And there's no way that any of this technology could adversely affect, you know, our own gut bacteria and stuff like that? No, you know, what's really interesting is, is the technology is actually based on some natural immune system occurring things that happen in the body. And one of the things our company has a strict adherence to is we develop nothing that is harmful to people, the environment, or animals. 
We just don't do it. If it, if, if if it's going to compromise one of those, we just simply tell folks that's something. Are we there can't any do. certain uh, practices that businesses like restaurants should avoid at all costs? Buying product that they can't certify has been inspected. Um, you know, I, I a dear friend of mine was a purchasing manager for one of the largest uh, fast food restaurants here in the country, and they really wanted to buy locally. So they wanted to, they had a fruit cup they put out and they wanted to go buy strawberries and blueberries and things and blackberries from like the local farmer. Cause they wanted, instead of being this big corporate restaurant, instead of we'll go down here to buy it from Bob, the local farmer. The problem is Bob, the local farmer may not be an FDA inspected grower. And so, you know, you go buy those and, and yeah, Bob got a nice piece of business and he gets a lot out of you. But the problem is, um, you could be putting potentially dangerous food out. So you, if you're if you're running a restaurant chain, you really got to make sure, even if you're one restaurant or if you're 20 local hamburger shops, you've got to make sure that the, the product you're buying has been handled and has some documentation as to who and how. That's really critical. You have to know the who and how so that you can ensure your customer safety. Right. And you'd figure that would be kind of a standard practice, but you know, I'm, I'm learning even today that it's hard. It's hard to detect that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I'm pretty sure that any business, you know, because no one wants, no business wants to be known for being the next, you know, uh, Bluebell ice cream. Nope. No one wants to be the next Chipotle when it comes to that. Having that technology available would be game changing i feel like many people and restaurants would feel safe serving food you know well and if they knew if a restaurant could know in advance that there's a potential problem in this or that or you know they and they had the technology so if the information was pushed to them they said hey you just got this product no need to throw it away but take these steps so that you're sure it's absolutely been sa properly sanitized now the restaurant doesn't have to worry about getting sued yeah and they don't right. have to worry about running out of product and they don't have to worry about potentially harming a client. So all three and things the waste that are important as well. The, exactly. And in, in, in a world where yes, the economy is good and things are great, we still got hungry people. And when we're not wasting food, that's that's better for all of us. We all benefit. Yeah, I mean, it would benefit every, especially if you have immortal strawberries. You know, just sitting there, not mm -hmm. going bad. You can serve. You know, you don't have to worry about getting everything out or using everything. Or is it too old? It's fine. It's right there, ready to serve to your customer. That's amazing. Now, I, let's say that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look down the line about ten years. Uh, do you see your products, uh, the apps, the technology for sanitation stuff like that, becoming a standard uh, by the government itself? Where do you see re regulation in about ten years? I, I think the the right as as information and as computerization on phones versus tablets and computers advances. I don't, I, I think the government will continue to adopt it, but I think our, the retailers uh, will, will embrace it readily and, and happily because they'll, it, it'll become a standard where I think you walk into the produce department of your grocery store or the front door of your favorite restaurant, whether it's quick serve or sit down, and it'll have a seal on the door and it'll, that seal will indicate um, the food safety standards that are adhered to. And I don't know that the government is the, is the right group. There's a great organization that backs up the food industry called the National Restaurant Association. And they really are technologists. They, they want their industry to be as healthy as possible. And the National Grocers Association, they, they want these issues 
to be as minimal as possible. And I think it isn't 10 years. I think by 2023, 2024, you're going to see systems in place by a pull through that a customer can get online and say, uh, our local grocery store just got 25,000 pounds of romaine lettuce. All has been treated by farmer, by wholesaler, and even by us moving it in our truck. And I think you're going to be able to see what is commonly referred to as farm to fork. And, 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 and there's a desire to get there. There's a desire, there's a willingness. It used to be that the grocer said it's the farmer and the farmer said it's the grocer, but there's been a, a coalescing, a coming together of, of that, um, of, of people wanting to do that. Oddly enough, most people don't know this, but Costco is one of the companies that's driving this chain. They, they, they are, yeah, they're so communication oriented and they employ a huge group of microbiologists. And, and I recently had an opportunity to watch their food safety experts speak. And he said, the first conversation we have as a corporation every day is, how does this impact our member? And whether it's good, hey, we, we're getting romaine lettuce for 10 cents less a head, or we think we might have one bad head of lettuce in Seattle. Should we just pull it out of, out of the Northwest? Uh, let's take it out of every West Coast store. And, and they track each head of lettuce or chicken breast back absolutely through the vendors all the way to the farm field within a zip code. And each individual item. Each individual item. And they, and they say it's very expensive. We don't necessarily do it because we like spending money, but we do it because our members are first. And it's not cheap talk to them. It's, it's something they adhere to. And I think that, that the technology... Years back, you couldn't do it. You had no idea who was driving the truck and where the truck came from. Information is king. Now we can see that it was on this semi-truck from this place to this place, in the warehouse from this point to this point, touched by these five workers. They can do it. We're getting to the point that that, that information is available so that they can have better tracking. And actually, they have a policy, they were telling us, that they're, if, when there is a problem, instead of being punitive and coming down and hammering somebody, they sit down and say, okay, we have a problem. Why is it? What do we do together so that we never have the problem again? And that changes the narrative then so that instead of the supplier saying, you hate me, you're going to get rid of me, to saying, I'm sorry it happened. I'll, let, let's study the process that got broken. And I think you're going to see by 2023, 24, that these processes will be so easy in place. This will become a much smaller issue. Always be something, but far less than we see right. today. But and that's the magic of technology nowadays, just making it busier for or, uh, easier for businesses to even just kind of, and I like the fact that, that Costco of all people is setting this example, but really kind of taking the care of making sure that the, the customer or the client in particular, you know, is safe. And I feel like if this was actually mm -hmm. more widely known, there would be more calls for this. And, and I feel like as this technology is further developed and gets out there, there will be more calls for it. They're not, not just, uh, you know, I'm hopefully not too much in, in the government sector, but just, you know, I would say private businesses going out of their way to make sure that, you know, everything that they are selling to their client or customer is safe, period. In, in, in that kind of, it will become a standard in the future for that to happen. It will, it yeah, it'll evolve because as, as it becomes easier to get the, the data and the information, in, in the past it was heavy lifting, hard to get, who, how many phone calls did you have to make? Today it can all be loaded into a data stream 
And, and instead of being hidden, very often retailers, processors would say, well, we don't want anybody to know what we're doing. Now it's shedding light on this so that there's transparency. And when the transparency happens, the client says, I know my grocery store bought it through this wholesaler and I now trust the wholesaler. The day of the wholesaler saying, I'm going to hide so that nobody knows I hit that's gone. That's gone because so much information in the world today that this, the light gets shined, uh, gets shined on everybody. So the grower, the wholesaler, the trucker, everybody's going to live in it. Right. John, I'm not going to lie. When we started this podcast, I was a little freaked out. But now you seem to have given me a little hope for the future. <laughs> I assure you it's fine. And I assure you our food chain is fine. Just use good safety practices at home. Rinse your stuff very thoroughly in water. If you got a light chlorine solution, rinse it in that. That's even better. And, and, and then uh, um, watch your date coats. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great big world out there. But uh, it, when you can, we always tell people, buy local. Buy local, eat local. Buy local, eat local. Amazing. All right, John, I cannot. John Shannon of, of Ionogen, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and talking to us about it, this stuff. This has been eye-opening. Not a problem, Brandon. Thank you for your time. I've enjoyed it and uh, look forward to our next opportunity. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's healthcare podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. Make sure to leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Brandon Morse, signing off.